0: Welcome into Lockdown Blackhawks for Wednesday, November 27th, 2019. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Jay Zawaski with you here, and the Chicago Blackhawks win three nothing shutout over the Dallas Stars, snapping their winning streak. The Hawks are back in the saddle with a really solid performance in this game. Corey Crawford was absolutely excellent. Anton Hudobin was excellent for Dallas. It was a really action-packed and fun game to watch. Uh, So a lot to get into with this one. Obviously, first got to tell you how to get in touch with the podcast. You found us. However you're listening, you found us. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you leave a review and a five-star rating. Those things are very helpful. They help us become more visible in the podcast world than any podcast you enjoy. Make sure you leave them a nice review and uh, give him a five-star rating. That really helps all podcasters out uh, to get discovered, to get seen, to get noticed. All right. Some good stuff to talk about. Let's get the bad news out of the way first. Before last night's game, Dylan Strom is, a, is placed in the concussion protocol, which is odd because he took part in a morning skate. He spoke after practice on Tuesday, and everything seemed fine. Then all of a sudden, game time rolls around, and he's a healthy scratch. Not sure what to make of it. As I'm recording this podcast, I'll keep my eye out for any news on Dylan Strom, but not great. Despite that, the Blackhawks played one of their most complete games of the year this season, and the first five minutes or so, not very pleased with the way the game was going. The Hawks did not have the puck. They were sort of started to look like they were deferring again, sort of dumping the puck in, not retrieving it. And then all of a sudden, things started to click for the Hawks. Crisp passes, speed through the neutral zone. I think in an ideal world, beyond that first five minutes, the way they played this game is how the system should look. And look, they're not going to skate circles around anyone. It's not going to happen, but this is about as good as the Hawks can look, and yeah, the Nashville game was a 7-2 win, and that was yaha time, right, and then they beat Vegas 5-3, but this was a very solid, very uh, systematic kind of, I don't want to say dismantling of the Dallas Stars, but it was very, like, surgical. The way the Hawks played last night was surgical, very, very within their system, but still, Allowed to create, are allowed to take some chances. You saw a defenseman pinching in as they do. I really liked the way the Blackhawks played this game. It's very encouraging. It's good to see that now that they've had you know three weeks to adapt to the changed system, they're starting to figure it out. And I was a little concerned after Saturday's game. They played well against Dallas even though they lost in the shootout, that was a very similar game. They almost, it almost looked like a continuation of the same game. But with those two days off in between, I didn't want to lose the momentum of how they had played in that game. But aside from a few minutes to start the game, the Hawks turned it around very well and played again, one of their most complete games of the season. Corey Crawford was absolutely fantastic very calm seeing the puck well yes there were some rebounds here and there but he was so solid positionally he looked terrific and I'm starting to wonder if this Leonard Crawford thing is working because of the workload balance it's giving these two goaltenders I think there might be something to that and while you want to ride the hot goalie while you can I think that guys, Leonard and Crawford having the opportunity to get some decent rest between starts has been a good thing. And I also think, and this is pretty obvious, I think, they're challenging each other. Both these guys are very proud. Both these guys want the net to be theirs. You're seeing Crawford and Leonard sort of elevate each other's play. Crawford's been fantastic lately last night was no exception he was absolutely terrific stopping all 32 Dallas Stars shots I, I I don't have a lot of bad things to say about this game I really don't I think the Blackhawks played a really solid game for 60 minutes they scored on the power play they only got one power play the entire game and they scored on it I just think it's it was it was solid I mean of course there were a few moments that make you sort of pull your hair out but that's going to happen in any game with any team Olimata Mata had a really bad giveaway in front of the net the same shift uh was a Connor Murphy stick that disintegrated when he tried to clear the puck but the Hawks instead of panicking instead of freaking out De gave a stick to Murphy Then DeBrinckit found the opportunity to head back to the bench, get a stick for himself, and then he was off the other way and almost scored. So I really just liked the, I guess for lack of a better word, control the Blackhawks played with last night. They were in control of the game, and while it was, again, very even in the scoring chances and the shots on goal, it was a very even game, it never felt like. I guess, I guess the better way to say it is there were never those moments where it felt like it was slipping away. And we've seen that a lot where the Hawks will get the win, but they'll just sort of hang on for dear life. That was not the case last night. They had control of the game for most of the game. And to do it against a team in Dallas that had been as hot as they had been, that's really something. That's really an impressive win. And look, the the game Saturday, I said it. Yeah, they lost in a shootout, and that sort of stolen the headlines because of the way Robin Leonard talked about it. That was a really solid game, too, and they played well on the road against a good team. So I'm encouraged by the last handful of games. You know, the, the game against Tampa, even though they lost, they battled back and almost tied it. Then Tampa added a late empty netter solid game against Dallas Saturday great game last night against Dallas again so you've taken three of three of the first four available in this divisional showdown with these two against Dallas now in the books then you've got Colorado Friday and Saturday and then the Blues on Monday but the Hawks have passed the first round of tests in this stretch winning 3-0 against the Stars on Tuesday night Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash right now. Our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when they download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. Listening on the go, if you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. It's Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, time to go over the pluses and minuses for the Blackhawks' 3-0 win over the Dallas Stars on Tuesday evening. Let's start, as we always do, with the pluses. First plus obviously goes to Corey Crawford, stopping all 32 of the Dallas Stars' shots on goal, a lot of them difficult saves Dallas had 16 high danger chances for in this game the Blackhawks conversely had nine Corey Crawford stopped all 16 of those and all 32 Dallas star shots he has been absolutely fantastic lately as has Robin Leonard Uh, one thing we currently don't need to worry about with the Chicago Blackhawks is their goaltending situation second plus of the game goes to Patrick Kane who extended his point streak to 13 games with his 12th goal of the season, the insurance power play goal, assisted by Alex Dabrinkit and Andrew Shaw. Every game Patrick Kane's on the ice, he is a danger. He is a threat to the opponent, and uh, this night was no exception. Now, look, he did not have his eight-shot-on-goal, typical Patrick Kane game. Three shots on goal, one shot was blocked, but what I like about this game, and this brings me to the next plus, a much more balanced time distribution for the players. The Blackhawks rolled four lines, and aside from Matthew Highmore, who only played eight minutes and ten seconds, you had a very even dispersion of minutes. Duncan Keith, twenty-one o eight; Connor Murphy, twenty twenty-four; Olimata, eighteen twenty-eight; Seabrook, eighteen o four. Debrinket, 1749. Taves, 1701. Sod, 1437. DeHaan, 2150. Gustafson, 1913. Kane, 2153. Kirby Dock played 15 minutes. This is how a regular season game should sort of be managed. And look, there's going to be times where you're down late and you want to get Patrick Kane on the ice and give him some more shifts, and that's fine. Another part of the reason Kane's minutes were down a little bit, too, is they were only on the power play once. But I like this, and I think we saw as the game went on, the Hawks never lost the, I guess you'd say, the spirit that they had the first two periods. In fact, the Hawks had their best period in the third period as far as shots on goal go. They outshot Dallas 15-9. to nine. In the third period, and, and the Hawks are trying to cling to a one nothing lead, and granted, Dallas is probably a little their legs started feeling a little bit heavy. They had played the night before, so that was definitely a factor, but they did not let up, they did not stop the attack, and they had their most shots in the third period of this game. And to me that's really encouraging. The fear is you're up one nothing, you're so afraid of losing the lead that you sort of sit back and just let Dallas come to you. I got to give props to Jeremy Calton for letting them attack, letting them continue to play their game, and for his strategy with rolling out the lines last night. I think game management-wise, this may have been Jeremy Calton's best of the year. We'll see if it continues, but this was a really good start. I love the fact that the minutes were so easy even from top to bottom again I mentioned Matthew Highmore with 8-10 Alex Nylander played 12-14 and aside from that everybody was 14 minutes or more I'm sorry Zach Smith played 12-46 but that solid game plan and the Hawks executed it well and hopefully this is a sign of things to come and not just a fluke because I really liked the way the Blackhawks handled things I want to give another Plus to AJ Malesko, the broadcaster uh, for tonight's game, the color analyst. I thought she did an awesome job. What is so welcome from Pierre Maguire leaving. And I didn't hate Pierre Maguire like a lot of people did. He was annoying. There were some things he did that that drove me nuts, just like everybody else. But instead of telling us where the guy played Junior and all these little quirky stories about them, which is fine. I don't mind getting to know the player a little bit. But does the average fan at home care that the guy played at Salt St. Marie? No. If you're going to tell me something interesting about the guy, tell me about his life. Anyway, A.J. Molesko was breaking down the game as it was happening, talking about pressure through the neutral zone, uh, talking about the Dallas Stars 4-check. That's what I want to hear. That's what hockey fans want to hear. Sports fans want to feel smart. They want to feel like, they're learning something by watching the game. AJ Malesko was educational. She knows what she's doing. I think she did a fantastic job and is a welcome change from Pierre Maguire. Now let's get to the minuses. <laughs> Don't really have a ton of minuses, to be honest with you. I mentioned Olimata, who had a tough game. If you're looking for a guy to potentially give a rest, maybe it's Olimata maybe I'm not saying bench him I'm not mad about it but maybe a guy who could use a bit of a reset earlier in the season Jeremy Cowton sort of talked about that with some of the young players that taking a look from the press box can sometimes be beneficial maybe only could use a night off he's had a couple rough mistakes a couple rough shifts again he's not been bad but I think he could be better so if you're feeling forced to get Slater Cuckoo in there again or maybe you want to call somebody up who's good Go for it. I, I I don't know. I'm not going to overreact. I think we need, an, we need a minus because that's the segment. So a couple bad turnovers for Ole Mata. And uh, just over the last few games, hasn't looked great. I think Calvin Dehan could probably qualify there too a little bit. Better tonight, but over the last handful of games, he's not been his usual sharp self. But again, that is definitely nitpicking. And uh, overall, I think a really solid game for the Blackhawks against the Dallas Stars. It is Lockdown Blackhawks part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team everyday. Jay Zawaski with you here. Before we go down the number line, a couple items I wanted to share. There is an update on Dylan Strom uh, from after Tuesday's game. Jeremy Caulkins said that he learned that Strom wasn't feeling well in the early afternoon. Here's a quote. The important thing is he reported it so we can treat it. Said it will be a waiting game. So it does sound like Dylan Strom will be out for uh, at least a handful of games here. Uh, A handful is probably the wrong thing to say. A handful means five. At least a game or two here. Um, Concussions are a weird thing. And as I've said before, Jeremy Cowton is very aware of concussion care because it's how his career was cut short. Uh, He dealt with concussions, and that's what made him uh, retire from playing the game. So that's a guy you know will be uh, on top of concussions and keeping an eye on his concussed players, which is really, that's a good thing. You want your head coach doing that. You want them to be, um, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, watchful, I guess, when it comes to those things, because hockey is important. There's no doubt, and we all want the Hawks to do well. My livelihood depends on the Hawks doing well, but uh, these guys, you want these guys to have good, healthy lives uh, when their careers are over. So I'm glad that Jeremy Cowton Uh, is keeping an eye on things and not just him the whole medical staff they deserve credit too but good on Strom for uh, letting the team know you know what Uh, something just wasn't feeling right today and uh, I should probably sit this one out so good on Strom good on the Hawks good on Cowlton protect your assets and Dylan Strom is certainly an asset to the Blackhawks other little note I mentioned it earlier on the podcast there will not be a podcast on Thursday on Thanksgiving however there will be a podcast on on Friday, we're going to have a preview of the Colorado Avalanche with the Lockdown Avalanche host, Chris Molesky, who took some time out of his night uh, to join me. So we'll be scouting the Avs through the Hawks play on Friday and Saturday. So again, no podcast on Thanksgiving, but we will have a podcast on Friday. Hope you guys have a wonderful Thanksgiving. I can't wait. As a fat guy, best holiday. There, I said it. I think everybody agrees, right? All right, let's go down the number line. Here on Locked On Blackhawks, these stats always courtesy of our friends at Natural Stat Trick. If you have questions about advanced metrics in hockey, click the description of this podcast, and there will be a link to Natural Stat Trick's glossary of terms. I'm also also going to start including the athletics piece on Analytics One Hundred One. I know not everybody is a subscriber to the Athletic, but it's a really valuable piece, and I think it might be old enough where it's unlocked to see for free. I don't know. I have a membership, so. I just go to the page and it takes me there, but uh, definitely worth looking at. And I would expect, I don't know for sure, but I would expect The Athletic to have some sort of Black Friday deal. So if you're not already a subscriber to The Athletic, do it. They've got Scott Powers. They've got Mark Lazarus, who, for my money, are the two best Blackhawks reporters in town in a city full of really good Blackhawks reporters. Uh, But if you want that extra mile in your coverage, The Athletic is the place to go. All right, down the number line we go. Final score, Hawks beat the Dallas Stars three to nothing shots on goal Blackhawks 38 Dallas 32 I talked about it last segment the Blackhawks had 15 shots on goal in the third period the Dallas Stars with nine Corey Crawford obviously stopping all 32 of the shots against him Patrick Kane extends his scoring streak to 13 games picking up his 12th goal of the season Brandon Saad opened the scoring scoring his seventh goal of the year uh, at 11-20 of the first period, Eric Gustafson with a nice assist from the point to the slot. Sort of an odd, not a typical looking goal, but a nice setup from Eric Gustafson who later had a really nice defensive play. It's kind of weird to type that. Alex Nylander picked up the second assist on the Kane goal De and Shaw assisted. And then Connor Murphy adds the empty netter at the 17:20 mark of the third period. Let's look at some of the advanced statistics of this game Looking at the Corsi percentage, again, Corsi means shot attempts for. The percentage is for versus against. So the Blackhawks had a 51.4 to 48.6. Corsi for advantage. It was 55 shot attempts for the Blackhawks and 52 against. This again is always at five on five. High danger chances for the Blackhawks had nine and gave up 16 to the Dallas Stars. That's a 36% high danger chances percentage four. Looking at some of the individual performances of the Blackhawks, the Corsi leader on the team, Matthew Highmore, who in only eight minutes and 10 seconds of ice time was pretty noticeable. He's got some speed. He's got some jam. Liked what I saw from him. Not a bad uh, depth forward option. You know, Jeremy Cowden's familiar with him from his time down in Rockford, so i uh, like to see Matthew Highmore get a chance, and it looks like with Dylan Strom out for a little bit here, Matthew Highmore could be in the lineup uh, nightly. Ryan Carpenter and Zach Smith finished 2-3 and three in the Corsi 4 percentages. Like I said, Highmore 72.73, Carpenter 71.43, Zach Smith 70% even. Dominic Kublik was 56.52%, Brandon Saad 55.17, Gustafson, Camp, Keith, Murphy, Mata, and Nylander were all 50% or higher. The bottom end for the Blackhawks as far as Corsi goes. Kirby Doc was a team low, 37.5, 12-shot attempts, for 20 against with him on the ice. Alex Debrinkin and Patrick Kane right there behind him. That's been a trend lately where that second line, whether it's Doc or whether it's Strom, has finished towards the bottom in Corsi 4 percentage, which is odd because you'd think that your highest-powered offensive line uh interesting 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 I I think it's probably more of a fluke in a small sample size thing than anything but uh pretty solid game overall for the Blackhawks can't really find too many things to complain about it I'm sure somebody will Um, but I think it was a really solid performance for the Blackhawks and a really encouraging performance this was a big game everyone knew it and especially after you know, you pick up that point on Saturday, but then Dallas still gets two. It's the, you know, definition of a moral victory. Yeah, it was nice. You know, points are good. (laughs) Everyone's happy to get points, but man, you don't want to give those teams you're chasing any points either. So, looking at the Western Conference as it stands at 1023 p.m. on Tuesday, November 26th, St. Louis Blues lead the Central Division with 34 points. Dallas is second with 32. Winnipeg with 29. Colorado with 28. Nashville and the Hawks tied at 25, though Nashville has played one fewer game than the Blackhawks. And then Minnesota back there at 24 points, but they've played 25 games. Uh, so, you know, the Hawks are on their way. They're dead even in gold differential which is sort of interesting. At home, they're 7-5-2, away 3-4-3. Want to tighten up on on the road, obviously, and they're 6-2-2 two, two in their last 10. Colorado plays a game tonight, but as of now, they are one point out of third place, which means they have the top wild card spot in the West. And by the way, all of a sudden, the San Jose Sharks have won... Nine of their last ten, including three in a row, the San Jose Sharks have the second wild card spot right now. Did you know that? I didn't know that until I was looking at the standings for down the number line. I had no idea that the Sharks were on the sort of roll they're on. Nine, one, and oh in their last ten. They're still a minus ten and gold differentials. So this is going to shake out to be a really intense playoff race. First place and last place in the Central Division are separated by 10 points. And yeah, right now that sounds like a lot, but it's not insurmountable. And it's not with that, you know within the realm of possibility that the Hawks jump up there and grab a wild card spot or fall off to the bottom of the league the bottom of the western conference is 20 points from the LA Kings. So the Hawks are 3 points out of the top wild card spot and 5 points away from dead last in the western conference. So it is really jammed up looking at the wild card standings. Colorado 28, San Jose 27, these are points. Vegas 26, Calgary 26, Nashville 25, Chicago 25, Anaheim 25. Minnesota, 24, and LA, 20. This is a jumbled mess. And Vancouver, who holds the three spot in the Pacific Division, has 28 points. So this is going to be a season-long marathon, this playoff race. And that's why when we talk about missed opportunities like we did last game and like we did against Tampa, they've got to get these points when they're available and Miko Rantanen is going to be back soon for Colorado, probably on Saturday against the Blackhawks. You want to take advantage on Friday. You're playing the Avalanche without one of their best players. Missed opportunities. Don't let that opportunity slip by. I would expect Robin Leonard to get that starting goal. The home game, you give him the start on Friday, you have Crawford the start on Saturday, and you go from there. But, man, it's going to be an exciting season. I am sort of at the point now where I'm, I'm comfortable calling the Hawks playoff contenders. Hopefully that doesn't jinx them, but I'm, I'm at the point now where I'm comfortable saying that. All right, before I wrap up, I do want to address briefly the Akeem Alou situation. Uh, if you haven't heard, former Blackhawks prospect Akeem Alou spoke up on Monday about Calgary coach Bill Peters. Bill Peters was Alou's coach in Rockford and had some racist things to say to Akeem Alou. There's a TSN story about the uh, situation with quotes from Alou, with corroborations from some of Alou's teammates at the time. And again, I should say these are alleged comments. I don't know the true story, but it seems like just sort of based on all the news around it, that yes this probably did happen again alleged I'm not saying it happened I'm not saying it didn't but just if you're sort of reading the tea leaves Bill Peters was not a practice for Calgary today I'm sorry on uh, Tuesday he will not be behind the bench for them tonight some people I saw Keith Oberman of all people on Twitter indicated that the firing will be coming soon uh, an interesting story and if you asked me about Akimalu on Sunday before this happened, if you said, Jay, what do you remember about Blackhawks prospect Akeem Alou? I would say highly skilled. When he was drafted, there were some character issues, and I hesitate to say that because I believe him. I'm of the mind where you believe victims, and the truth is, the harsh truth is that in the NHL, especially 10 years ago the stigma around African-American players was sometimes that some of them had attitude problems and it was unfair and it's always unfair and I'm not saying that he didn't maybe Alou did have an attitude problem I don't know but that was sort of the knock on him coming into the league so the other part of the story is Alou said That after him and Peters clashed after one of the racist incidents, Peter sent a letter to Stan Bowman and John McDonough saying he wants Alou sent from the American Hockey League Rockford to the ECHL. By the way, Alou said that he never told anyone in the Blackhawks organization, meaning John McDonough, Stan Bowman, etc. about the racist incident because we've seen what happens when victims speak out and moments like this especially when they're a uh a minority uh a a woman uh, uh someone who's in the lgbtq community people seem to doubt them um so Alou was hesitant to come out and say anything but in the wake of this mike babcock stuff he spoke up and offered his story but again he did not tell mcdonough and bowman at least according to Alou any of the stuff about the racist behavior and when Bill Peters sent the letter saying I think a should be sent to the ECHL Bowman and McDonough from a distance probably said "Hmm, maybe these character issues we heard about were true and we should just do what the coach says we're sort of entrusting this guy to run our minor leagues and if he says he's a problem maybe he's a problem and they sent him down this story is going to unfold it's just the beginning. It's just the you know just the first stage of it. I retweeted the Tribune story on this from the Lockdown Blackhawks Twitter account at lo underscore Blackhawks. So check it out for yourself. Draw your own conclusions, but uh, it's very interesting. And uh, I I do hope that the Hawks do their due diligence. Make sure that the, if someone did know something about this that something is done about it, that there are consequences to it for standing by and watching it happen. Uh, this is unacceptable behavior, if true. And uh, boy, you hope a, a kid with the talent of Akeem Alou, uh I hope that his career was not derailed by a coach uh, that was a bigot. That would really be a shame. All right. On that happy note, <laughs> that's going to do it for Lockdown Blackhawks. Remember, the Hawks won they beat the Dallas Stars Tuesday night. That was fun. Let's live in that time. Again, no podcast on Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to all of my listeners. Really, so grateful for your support. So grateful for you tuning in each and every episode. So grateful for your uh, contributions to Talk Back Tuesday. Again, if you want to do that, LockdownBlackHawks at gmail.com or the voicemail 708 653 0572. I would not do this podcast. I could not do this podcast without your support. So, this Thanksgiving, I am thankful for you, the Locked On Podcast listener, Madhouse Podcast fans. New episode will drop Wednesday afternoon. You're not going to want to miss that. Good stuff coming up for me and James Navell. We'll probably spend a little more time on the Alou topic, but plenty of time on hockey if that's not your thing. Have a great and safe Thanksgiving. Get along with your families. Remember why you love each other, eat lots of turkey, drink responsibly. My name is Jay Zawaski. This is Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving.